Howdy. Hi, everybody. Sam Goodman. Really fucking scary stories. Thank you for joining us for one of our post-season episodes. Can you believe it? Season two. It's in the books. It's done. We went down the creepy, crawly, and macabre road together, hand in hand, skipping joyously, having so much fun, talking about all things really fucking scary. I've got to tell you, I had an absolute blast with this. Um, I mean, just just phenomenal. Just just a great time for me. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed it just a small percentage of the amount that I enjoyed it, then we're winning. We're hashtag winning the internet right now because it was it was just an absolute blast. So today, I want to talk to you about the season. That's it. We want to roll back and do a little bit of reflection. But before we do, Head over to www.palehorsemedia.co. You can check out this podcast. You can check out all the others. So you don't have to be done. If you want to continue to hear my uh, uh, lovely, lovely voice, you can. You can head on over there and you can check out our other podcasts like The Hop Nerd or Hey Y'all with Sam Goodman. If you're just fiending, fiending for some more from us, you can check out stuff over there and you can get some more before season three comes later this week. Year. Both those podcasts are super fun too. The Hop Nerd is more like worky kind of professionally kind of stuff, but it's super duper helpful. I think I think it, it it's really useful for a lot of folks. And hey y'all with Sam Goodman is just kind of a steady stream of my consciousness. So it's just it's just me vomiting thought. Um, but if that's something that you like, definitely go check that out. And I've shared with you that the merch store is over there. So we have merch from Pill Horse Media Co., from all three of the podcasts, this one and the other two that we just talked about. And I gotta tell you, the really fucking scary stories merch. Like, I really love it. And we're constantly, constantly piecing together new designs. So, yeah, it's really cool. And I, I told you, like, I'm a T-shirt nerd. Like, it's got to be, like, the right shirt, the right fit. Like, it, that's just who I am. There, there's not many things in my life that I'm picky about, but T-shirts, hats, stuff like that. Super, super, super duper picky. So, let's jump into today's subjects. Reflections on Season 2 of really fucking scary stories. So I want to just start right here. And I know I say this a ton and you probably get super duper annoyed with it, but I can't not say it. It's my my Southern roots, my Southern mannerisms showing. I am just so thankful to everyone out there that continued to tune in continues to tune in all the folks that started with us in season one have progressed with us through season two all my new creepy fam out there i mean you all just rock you literally make this thing possible with all of your love all of your support seeing you share the podcast comment on stuff like stuff i mean it it really is you like i I joke around and i say that i do this for me it's not for you but it's for all of us right it's it's just that so i've just got to say thank you thank you thank you and for me you know i talk about how much i enjoyed season two because i did it was just a lot of fun so number one it was just a lot of fun but you all y'all y'all are the ones that made it a lot of fun for me because when i'm when i'm recording these things when i'm piecing this together it really excites me to get to share this stuff with you and then for you all to kind of then create that loop right and come back to me and be like oh this was really good or that really sucked and i just i just really enjoyed the entire 
process. So again, thank you. Lots and lots and lots and lots of fun for me. Um, I already said it, but if it was just an ounce, if it was just an ounce as much fun for you as it was for me, then we're winning. We're, 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 that's it. That's, that's all I can say. So we started this season with a bunch of preseason stuff. So this was a totally new concept for really fucking scary stories. So when we first started the podcast, we started it with, you know, this kind of mindset of like a traditional, like every week kind of podcast. And, you know, like with all podcasts, you kind of have to get your legs under you and you start figuring out the style. So just a little bit of really fucking scary stories history, I guess. You know, I knew that I wanted to do another podcast. I didn't know that it would be this. And then I was like, oh, I love this kind of stuff. This is fun. I should totally do a podcast about something that I love. And then if I do that, it won't be hard. Like, it'll just be a blast. But podcasts are hard. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, podcasts aren't, like, super duper easy. And that's not to say, you know, that I'm not sitting here going, oh, I work. So, no, 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 no. It's it's still, like, fun. So, no, don't take that wrong. I'm just saying, like, it's a commitment, right? It's a commitment. So, we started, I started this whole idea of, like, okay, just a weekly podcast, weekly podcast. And when you have two other podcasts going and then, like, regular work and then, like, regular life and then, like, side jobs and like all that stuff, it can quickly become a burden. So I'd, I'd heard this idea. One of my friends had actually mentioned this is like, you know, podcasts always do this thing where it's like every week and it's just that you're supposed to start and you're supposed to do it like every week forever until you die, right? And I'm like, why, right? And that was kind of the input was like, you don't have to do that. Like you could do seasons. Why don't you try seasons next podcast? And I'm like, boom, boom, mind blown seasons. And then we can approach it from this idea of kind of like you see like shows, right? Like you go to Netflix, you can go on and you can watch a season and then a little while later, another season comes out and it's pretty good because, you know, I can get a little bit of, of a breath in between. It gives us time to like plan the podcast a little bit better. And so that's ultimately how we ended up in the seasons. And then as we kind of started, it was like, you know, art in progress here. <laughs> Recording the seasons, I'm like, I don't really want to wait all the way, but I don't want to be like, you know, locked in to like doing like that whole nonstop podcast until I die. So maybe we could do some preseason stuff. And that's how we, how I landed on kind of doing preseasons because I didn't want to just leave you hanging. I wanted to bring you like some, uh, some appetizers in between until we got to the full season. So that's kind of sort of why we did the whole preseason thing. It was fun, right? I'm always going to land on fun. You should guess that by now. It's always going to land on fun, but it was a nice way to be able to bridge the gap between season one and season two. So we started the preseason with some heavy hitters, right? Some heavy hitters right out of the gate. And I would like to say that this was all, you know, some big grand design and strategic plan that I came up with, but it's not. Like, I, I honestly just kind of like pulled together in my head what I want to talk about and I sit down and record a few episodes. And it kind of happens when I get to the studio and, you know, I kind of start researching stuff and then we pulled them together. But I did want to start with some like really good stuff. I didn't just want to throw out like some breadcrumbs of like really kind of crappy stuff in the preseason. So our first real preseason episode, we did Big Ed Kemper, which was a blast. Uh, and then right after Ed Kemper, we jumped into the Night Stalker. And out of the preseason stuff, I got to tell you that the Night Stalker episode was probably my personal favorite preseason piece just because it's just such an interesting story. And then just the kind of the, the amount of, of havoc, the amount of fear that gripped uh, really all of California, like during the Night Stalker's reign of terror, um, it was just palpable. Like as you read this stuff and as you kind of watch the shows and the documentaries on it, it's just a really gripping, really scary fucking story. 
Um, and then kind of seeing the nuts and bolts behind basically the investigation going from like nothing, nothing. We can't figure this out. We can't figure this out. We can't figure this out to then seeing it kind of like start to get pieced together with the footprint evidence, seeing it get pieced together with some eyewitness stuff, seeing it get pieced together with the type of gun that was used. It was just interesting to see how the crime came to, you know, the crime spree came to and end but it was really fucking scary though for me because you kind of imagine this like going on today like i think about we're here in phoenix if something similar was happening in phoenix it it, it would be really fucking scary because you know the night stalker i mean richard ramirez he just he was just kind of random like it could be anyone and i think that's why that fear why that terror was so visible because it, there was no limit right it could be anyone it could be your house tonight like that's it like you could be snoozing, you and your significant other, and then while you're asleep, this this is this is the part that was really terrifying for me, right? So, I, and after I recorded that, after I was doing all the research for that, I had these few moments where I'm like laying there in bed at night thinking about this as I fall asleep, right? Really talk about really fucking scary. And you're going, you know, these people, like they they did not think this would be their last night on earth, right? Lay down, go to sleep, never woke up because while you were asleep, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, put a 22 or a 25 caliber slug through your head just just like lights out that's it you're asleep boom lights out not coming back right and just so that fear that of that plus that it could be anyone at, at any time of night usually right but anyone at any time of the night god just fucking scary fucking insane but to watch that that full story kind of arc kind of come full circle to where you know they're chasing him through the streets to catch him he tries to steal some cars and basically the citizens of a neighborhood are like fuck no fuck no not here not our neighborhood this shit stops today and they basically beat the immortal dog shit out of him and detain him until police arrive that was kind of like one of those moments where it's just like uh, you know I, this should have never happened but that is the way that you would want it to end right that is the way if you had to pick a way for it to end for it to end that was it and if the police would have been a few more minutes later the end would have been more um let's just say that richard ramirez i don't think would have had to die later in his jail cell you know from na a natural death i feel like they would have probably put an end to him right there if the police would have been any just a few more minutes behind so yeah that was probably that was definitely definitely probably that was definitely my favorite preseason episode but from there we moved on and we talked about like some haunted places one of my favorite places in arizona the la posada Love that place, the La Posada Hotel slash spa slash art gallery. Just really cool spot in Winslow, Arizona. I'll tell you, there's not a lot happening in Winslow, but the La Posada is a happening joint. We talked about some of the ghosts there. We did a death and decomp, decomp fun facts, which I thought was just cool. Um, hopefully bringing about, you know, the whole point of that episode was not only to be like creepy macabre, but just to kind of normalize, at least start that conversation around normalizing, you know, like, hey, I'm going to die some point in my life. Let's talk about that now rather than later. We moved on to BTK, which again was really fucking scary. And then we jumped into the main season and we just started rolling through those main 10 episodes. Um, you know... I don't want to say that any are my favorite, but we'll just run through some of them. How about that? The West Memphis Three, just gut-wrenching case. 
Um, I would encourage anybody to go and read more about that. It's just insane to know that people lost that much of their life over a crime that they did not commit just simply because of the way that they look, they dress different, right? Folks that listen to this show, right, you kind of, most of us, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we have a pretty diverse swath of humanity that tunes in. Um, but I think back to me being like a kid and wearing like, you know, like a Metallica t-shirt, you know, just like these kids were. But, you know, I, I dyed my hair black at one point. You know, like I painted my fingernails black at one point. I definitely wasn't a Satanist. But, you know, small town mindset, people that are different, different equals bad. You know, something bad happens, bad equals Satanist, Satanist equals murderers, right? And that just wasn't true, but that's the way that it was pursued. Um, jumping into kind of a more... Um, close to home case here, which was the murder of Travis Alexander here in Mesa, Mesa, Mesa. I'm going to not sound like an Arizona, um, Mesa, Arizona, um, in which, uh, you know, she is still in prison here right around the corner from us. I mean, right around the corner. Like I can drive by and like wave at her jail cell. Like uh, it's right there. It's right off the side of the road. So she is right there. And then we did another local Phoenix tale of, you know, the, the murderous, the trunk murderous, uh, the episode that we don't have corpse will travel, um, the, the trunk murderous episode of Phoenix, which again, I really liked that one a ton. So let me just say that there's none of these that I disliked doing. Like they were all an absolute blast. But this one in particular was really cool because the house still stands, right? That the house is still there. Um, so you can drive by and you can see it. It's here in downtown Phoenix. And then just the, the, the oddity of the case, right, kind of this lady seemingly getting fucked over, right, by, by the dude. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. It's been a minute since I recorded that episode. And basically, you know, she's left to her own to basically deal with these bodies. And God knows how these people were actually killed. Like, it was just, just a lot of mystery, you know. And then just the story of her life in general was, was just, just really interesting. Uh, but just the fact that that house is still here, that you can go you can go take a look at it. If you're ever in Phoenix, go go take a look at the murder house in Phoenix. That's what it's called. It's called the murder house. We moved into the infield poltergeist, which was cool. I am super um, skeptical about that one. Just saying, you know, um, looking at the evidence as we prepared, as I got ready for this thing, I'm like, uh, okay, it's interesting. It's definitely really creepy, really fucking scary either way, but kind of sort of seems fake. Then we jumped into my home state, Haunted, Virginia. We touched on places all around there. It's always nice to get to kind of peer back across on that side of the Mississippi and think about, you know, the state that I grew up in, think about all the cool, kind of cool haunted stuff there and kind of keeping in tune with that that southern kind of thing, kind of in that southeast southern area. Um, a, a legend that I heard growing up, which was the Bell Witch. We got to talk about the Bell Witch, which is always a huge piece of folklore. Um, and then we did another area. We did Phoenix, right? Just just random stuff around Phoenix, which I just, I like those. I like kind of those run and gun, kind of high level top 10 list type of things to be able to uh, kind of just bring you some info. If you're ever traveling to Virginia, if you're ever traveling to Phoenix that, you know, we you, gives you some spots to go check out for sure, at the very least. And then we jumped into the Fox Sisters. Like, just fun. Just fun to read about spiritualism, kind of understand kind of these necromancers. Um, you know, really getting a better understanding. I'd heard of the Fox sisters. I had not really researched them or watched anything on them, but then really getting a better understanding of how they started and how they found themselves at being these kind of paranormal superstars really of their time. Um, I got to tell you, I, I know that I tell you to, you know, be your own judge. I'm going to continue to say that, but I landed on fraud, <laughs> like just hearing the stories landed on fraud. Um, kind of at the end of that one. So when I walked away, I'm like the Fox sisters, um, were, were maybe not really fucking scary, but really fucking slick. Like they, they were really, 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 really good at tapping into, um, the needs of people. And then, you know, really 
really going through and extorting, you know, money to fulfill those needs, which is just, a, again, maybe not really fucking scary, but kind of creepy because of the, the subject matter in which they dealt with. Um, we talked about Eliza Lamb, which is still a super interesting case to this day. Um, just that creepy, like watching that elevator footage is fucking creepy. Like you can be like all the lights on middle of the day outside even or even outside and watch that. And it makes your skin crawl just to watch her in that elevator. Kind of the weird hand gestures, the popping in and out of the elevator, looking to see like she feels like someone was following her. It was just super duper strange uh, i get i've got goosebumps right now just just thinking about it to be honest with you um but just a mystery that that still stands to this day i mean as we said kind of in the episode in all likelihood you know you take the the evidence that she was on psychiatric drugs um and again no, no shame but you're on those drugs you come off those drugs you change your dosages you're not doing that under the advice of a medical practitioner you're not doing that under the advice of a medical expert and that can lead to some pretty wonky stuff happening to you mentally. And then, you know, God knows, you know, I mean, significant mental break. And as I kind of said, like there was evidence that she might have went out on the fire escape. Maybe that's how she got up to the roof. Right. People can sneak by all this stuff because we talked about the alarm on the door, you know, the locked doors, all that kind of stuff. But people can get by that stuff. People get by stuff like that every single day. You know, like that story with the people that snuck into the White House dinner that time and they just pretended like and just walk right in like I'm convinced that people can find themselves, can get themselves into stuff that is just completely, seems humanly impossible. So the fact that she was in the water tank on the roof isn't really of any consequence to me. It's, it's different. It's strange. I think the weirdest part is the elevator footage. But the fact that she got up there, she might have just got up there, went for a swim and couldn't get out. Right. I mean, mental break. Water tank might look like a great place for a swim. Maybe she was who's suicidal. Who knows? Who knows? Super creepy. We would love. Uh, I mean, I, for one, would love to know exactly what happened, but we probably never will and then to end the season officially to get to the official end we got into one of my most favorite favorite true crimes and that was the black dahlia just so so interesting to talk about elizabeth short's life and i'll tell you i don't have if i had to pick a favorite out of this whole season it would be this one so preseason would definitely be the night stalker Real season would definitely be Elizabeth Short. Just her 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 story, you know, her in that position of her life to where she was probably, let's just say this, she was probably going to be a significant person, right, in, in the history of kind of Hollywood-ish kind of things, right? She was, who knows, right? But she just seemed to be on that track and hearing kind of the things that people said about her just being this person that was just just different like the person that has that spark that's just different in a good way that just lights up a room just kind of all those things kind of kind of the life of the party um to see all that cut short is just super duper tragic because who, who knows what would have been um the crazy thing to me is the uh the stuff around george odell like just crazy right like there's too many coincidences there there was too much suspicion there and look i know suspicion doesn't equal guilt but you know if you go by the kind of that old school idea that there's no such thing as coincidences around murders around crimes around stuff like that um that coincidence doesn't exist then look george should have been and i think is currently is really at the top of the list and then just to know that he like fled 
I mean, I don't know, that seems a little fishy to me. Um, and then just to kind of get this idea that maybe when he was gone, right, he was living in the Philippines. Um, and then he's, there's really good evidence that maybe he was involved in a bunch of other crimes, um, such as the Jigsaw murder, even the Zodiac murders, right? That, that the lipstick murders, like there was all these things that could potentially be tied to him with some, some level of probability that it was him. So it's just insane. So you couple that with just the fact that he was, you know, just a kind of an odd fellow too. He kind of fit the MO of what they were looking for, right? As far as like someone with surgical experience, um, the house, I wanted to touch on the house because we really didn't touch on George Hodel's house. Um, it's, fucking beautiful so look the Soden, Soden, the Soden house um it is epic it was designed by frank lloyd wright's son and and that that comes through you you can feel it i mean i don't know how you feel about that kind of style but i fucking love it if the house wasn't so creepy like so if i won like a bazillion dollars like if i was like a lotto winner and the house and i might i might still buy it like I might just like get it really cleansed up really good just in case, but um, the house is gorgeous. If, if I won that, that, if I had the winning lottery ticket, that would be the fucking house that I would buy. Like it is fucking gorgeous. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. Ghost Adventures did some stuff there. Um, and yeah, super interesting. If you want to go back and watch that Ghost Adventures episode, it's worth it just to well, see the house. Just to be, just to be completely honest with you. But that one I found to be, um, I found that to be a really interesting piece of just that story, you know, that that with in all likelihood, if I had to guess, if I had to pin this on someone and say, you know, if I was going to gamble and say, here's here's my hundred bucks, put my hundred bucks on, it would be George Hodel. So if I had to walk away from season two um, with just a really quick kind of summary or just a really quick word on it, I would just say fucking awesome i had a blast and it really makes me excited for season three i've already got my notebook over here i'm already kind of jotting stuff down as i kind of do some research about what we want to talk about what i want to bring up in season three the the really fucking scary stories that we want to share uh season two is just oh oh mwah, just so much fun and, and that's it that's it I, just my reflection is that you know is that it was just a ton of fun it was awesome. I had a blast. I can't wait for season three. Season three is coming up this fall. We're going to do some preseason stuff just like this. We're going to um, we're going to do our main 10 episodes, 10-ish episodes. And we're going to tune this one to where the last episode will fall right before or on. Maybe right, probably right. It's going to be Halloween. Let's just say Halloween. Give or take a couple of days. It's going to be right there so we're gonna have a big halloween shin shindig episode i don't know what it's gonna be about i don't know what it's gonna look like who knows but it will be a lot of fun so let me end where i started by saying thank you for joining us thank you for being a part of really fucking scary stories this is all possible because of you through your awesome love your support all that sort of stuff it really helps us to bring you these. So again, if you wanna if you wanna show us some love, check out the merch store. Subscribe if you haven't. Give us some ratings. That helps us a ton. Tell your friends about it. Even just in passing conversation, you say, "Hey, I've been listening to this really fucking scary stories podcast, and it doesn't suck. Like it doesn't suck." That would help us an absolute uh, massive amount. So again, thank you for hanging out with us. I will catch you next season for more really fucking scary stories.
Have you had a really fucking scary experience? Have you seen a ghost? Have you been on a macabre adventure? Would you like to share it on air? Would you like for us to tell that story? Or you just have something horrid that you would like for us to talk about? Head over to PellHorseMediaCo.com. Use the contact form to let us know all about it. Make sure that you subscribe. New episodes come out every single Friday. We look forward to continuing this creepy, crawly, morbid, macabre, and grotesque adventure with you, the listener. We love you and we will see you soon. Thank you for joining us today on our trip into the dark. We hope that you join us again next week for all things horror, all things macabre, all things grotesque, here on Really Fucking Scary Stories. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.